And in this episode, we'll be talking about adventures in art. When we recorded this podcast with Claire, we realised that there was just too much content and we didn't want to lose it in the edit or risk making it too long. And so we decided to make it into two parts. Welcome to Turning Little Stones, the podcast that takes a fresh look at the fascinating world of young children. As a parent, experienced childcare professional and early years consultant, I get how much we dream good things for our children. We start out hopeful and confident, and yet somehow the daily reality can feel more like a grind than a gift. And so we easily miss out on the joys of these fleeting early years. Over time, I've come to realize that to give our children the best start in life, we first need to recognize what's going on inside them in secret. There is some great research out there, and my heart is to make some of this relatable for everyone. And so throughout these weekly podcasts, I hope that whoever you are, parent, family carer, childminder, practitioner, anyone who spends time with young children can take a moment each week to reinterpret what our children are doing and why. And by doing so, I have seen countless exasperated, bewildered, exhausted carers become re-energized and inspired as they find easy ways to connect with what their young children are naturally eager to do. A little like turning over a pebble in a rock pool to discover a hidden world tucked away. We too will look at our children with fresh eyes and delight in being part of their journey. Today, I am joined by Claire, Claire Isles, who is an artist um, and quite a special artist. You um, do a lot of workshops in the local art galleries. What's it called? Uh, First Sight, yeah. First Sight and a toddler art club, I think you called it, didn't you? Yeah. And you also go into schools and allow children to be expressive in terms of art. So... Tell us a little bit about yourself, Claire. How did you find yourself doing these sorts of things? Yeah, so obviously, as you said, I'm an artist. So I've been an artist for like tw- over 20 years. Um, but I was, I've always worked like actually in the co- college setting, um, teaching sort of 16 upwards. Um, I always work part time, uh, two or three days a week um, and on higher education as well, teaching on a degree within fine arts. Um, so, but, um, so I really enjoyed doing that, but I've also worked with disabled children within the college setting. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, the, there's a route where children can go through when they haven't done A-levels to the straight to the diploma, mm. or they might have certain issues and things like that. So I've kind of touched on different things sort within... access. Yes. Access route, yeah. yeah. But um, mm. with my own practice, you know, I have done a little bit of working within schools um, alongside, you know, very experienced practitioners and um, which I've really enjoyed, like funded by the Arts Council and things like that and First Sight. Uh, this is, you know, about 2004. Mm. I'm going back then. Mm. Um, and it was only until about five years ago um, 
actually Sue from First Sight approached me because she'd seen me working with my son on social media. I knew my son's seven now, but at the time he was a toddler and a lot of our time um, was spent, you know, creating things and working together on things mm. and playing. Yeah. And um, she, when she saw this, she just asked me, you know, would I be interested in working, you know, on a toddler group yes. at first sight? And that's how it began, really, because I hadn't really worked with early years before. Um, and I must admit, I re- you know, I really enjoyed it and still enjoy it. I yes. still do it now. Um, and that has led to, you know, I do a few school things and if I do an after-school club, you know, with their yes, site. Yes. And, you know, I do get a lot out of it in terms of kind of my thinking about creativity and how I can share that and um, kind of encourage children to bring out their creativity. Yes. You know. Yes. Not impose on them, but bring them out Absolutely. as individuals. Absolutely. And there's something so. about what people who have worked with older children, yeah. young adults as well, mm. coming to engage with young children, they realise they haven't learned all those inhibitions and all those things that, as adults, we restrict our creativity, actually, they're raw, aren't they, yes. as young children? You, yes. you, can, you can see they're little creative people from the word go. Yeah. And, and, and that's taken out, isn't yeah. it, sometimes? And often, you know, when you work with older children, you know, mm. it's, the emphasis was always on play. Yes. And you can imagine Tina, you know, we're talking about, like, particularly the group I work with would be 18 to 19-year-olds, and some would be like, you know, oh, isn't this a bit... Like, yes. You know, you're wanting me to... But then they get into it and then they find, you yes. know, they begin to see that vision, you know, why you're saying that mm. and how it impacts mm. them and their making and their creativity. Because, you know, mm. with the foundation levels um, particularly, you know, it is kind of undoing a lot what goes on at school and in terms of um, their art and how they make art, you know, bringing back them back to that foundation yeah. of themselves. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. Makes... Thank you. Yeah. So I wanted, I've wanted for years to come to First Sight when I was a practitioner, an active practitioner. Um, it was just a little bit too far to escort the children to um, from, from our setting. But um, what I love about seeing it um, is, is how you've created a space in a very large room, very large yeah, light huge. room. It's really huge. Really. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? And you've created stations on the floor um, that are quite distinctive. They're quite separate, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And each of them had something different with a different appeal. So would you just help <laughs> explain, describe some of those stations? Yeah, the different... Mm. So it's very... These these environments that I'm making, and each... Um, I particularly... When, way back, I used to create very different... Each week would be kind of almost a different environment. Yeah. So I've kind of gone through this whole journey of, you know... Mm. So some would be natural materials, some would be teddy bears, full of teddy bears. But I found 
that the more stations that I had, all the more variety of materials, kind of initiate more creativity and imagination. Yes. And it gives more freedom for the child to find it out, you know, so I didn't want to limit them in any way. So now I really try to take as much as I could possibly fit in my car. Mm -hmm. so, and they're often materials that I just come across. So, for instance, my most exciting material recently is some very long tubes. I mean, they're really long, just about could fit in the car. So it's um, and plastic? Or, no, or, no, they're yeah. cards, but they're quite yeah. hard cards. Yeah. And it's basically a shop, you know, Colchester was rolling lino out. Okay. And so yes. we got hold yes. of these. Yes. really long tubes um, but you know over the weeks they got shorter and shorter and I cut them up yes. we'd use them differently um, so they could either put things down or they could you know look through them they could yeah. make something with them because it would help the structure stand up yes. you know that happened um, yeah, um, and just kind of they could just play they could just literally just play with the balls yes. you know throw. so it's not always just you know, it's about joining materials together. So alongside this, so an, another station would be very smaller pieces of coloured wood that, you know, these are things that I have in my studio, leftovers from making sculpture, and sometimes I make little holes in them and and then see... And then there was a little girl the other week who was fascinated with this. She was probably about two years old. Mm. She sat there the whole time, kind of just feeding through string through the holes, wow. stacking them. And, you know, she really was engaged with that material. Sometimes I've noticed, you know, they start with station and, and I think, oh, why are they not playing with all the, those lovely tubes? And then later on they move across okay. to that area. You know, messy play, obviously. Some weeks we have the whole environment where it's paint and messy play. Um, but we always have an aspect of that you know, with, there's a freedom mm. where they, the paint can cross over mm. onto the tubes and the wood blocks mm. and the other zones. So you're not precious about separating the mouse and keeping them... Well, it's really funny, apart. isn't it? Because that's something... I set it out mm. into different zones, but I've had some um, sessions which I made these little go-karts out of just a, a wood crates, yes. not wood crates, sorry, cardboard old apple, you know, where yes, they put the fruit yes, in, fruit yes, boxes. Yeah. And um, we had, so we had some of those around, but the whole environment, all the environments got completely muddled up. And then we have a child mind who comes around, she goes, it was so interesting. Then they start making little shops and selling things and, okay. you know, and they could, they took over the whole space, literally, and redefined it in what they wanted. And you know, it sounds always like happen. they were all working together as well. Yes, so very much so. young, and young children yeah. are working collaboratively. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, oh. you know, the child minder does bring quite a few together. Yes. She has four, I think. Mm. Um, but sometimes that, that happens. I never, you know, it doesn't always happen like that. No, no. no. And it very depends because we do have regular people coming, but then sometimes it's who can book on and... Yes. We have a maximum of fifteen, so yes. it's. Yes. But it and I and I thought to my, you know, I thought oh, it's so funny because as adults, you know, it was quite important for me to create zones. Yeah. But actually, they don't. You know, it's for them. It's about I'm disrupting that. Mm. <laughs> you know, literally, mm. it's because mm. they would just go along and find, you know, what they want. 
So when we're, I mean, creativity is essentially about expressing ourselves, is it? Would, would that be a course, very yeah. basic definition yeah. of, of it? Um, and that actually takes time, would you say? So your sessions are about an hour? Yes. Um, and you, um, the, the example you've just shared is amazing mm. because within that hour, yeah, they were expressing themselves as a group mm. and it took that hour for it to emerge and evolve. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes, an hour does seem, it does seem short, but it's amazing mm. what because I, I often have wondered actually if I had longer like with the children at the after school club if I had but actually sometimes that you're blocking a, t a period of time mm. and that's what you're doing you're, you're almost like trying to freeze that mm. moment in time a time for them to completely immerse themselves so, so if it was longer it might change because they get tired they would you know yeah. might get distracted yes. they might want to go to the toilet you know yes. it might break so it's a time they can really focus so what you you've explained is well, it's there to focus define you, you've created an environment with defined spaces hmm. um i mean large pieces of paper broadly Two meters by one Roughly, meter, something yeah, like that. Yeah, don't know. Just broad sheets of paper on the ground um, mm. with different resources on each of those. But you're also defining the period of time mm. so that the the children can actually be very creative because that's they're going to be quite tired afterwards I'm assuming yes they are you know mm. so they are they are tired they often you know will go to sleep after you know they're in their push chairs or whatever but it's you know it's about the freedom yeah because you know the you know we all have constraints of where we live and the spaces that we live in and how we have to be in those spaces mm. but at first sight because there's only 15 of them it enables you know 15 it could the limit is 15 mm -hmm. so it gives them the freedom to do you know work with those materials and move them around and there was because no one's you know no one is saying you know you can't yeah. do that obviously yeah. with health there's limits yeah. in terms of health and safety yeah. but I mean they can move them around they can put paint on yes. them you know they're yeah. free to do it you know in the way that they wish I hope you'll agree that Claire has shared so much with us that we'll want to take some time to reflect and maybe try out some of the ideas she has been talking about and so we'll be picking this up again next time with Claire in part two of Adventures in Art. It just leaves me to say thank you for listening to this episode of Turning Little Stones. We hope it's given you some food for thought and maybe some ideas to try. As always, you'll find the show notes for this episode together with further information, episodes and resources by heading over to our website www.turninglittlestones.com. So until next time, goodbye.